0: Thank you for joining me for our second midweek Lenten service. For our second service, Pastor A.J. Kundi from Hope in Portland will be here at Calvary leading our worship. This is my look at the text that he'll be preaching on. As we continue our look at God on Trial and Testimony is the theme of his sermon, my sermon with you as well. We're going to follow the order of service that's in our bulletins. We worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In this holy season of Lent, we gather in the shadows of the cross of Christ. Let us turn our hearts to God, who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We seek the truth of God, trusting in his unfailing mercy. His compassion and grace will never cease. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Dear friends, let us approach God with a true heart and confess our sins, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us. O Lord, hear my prayer, listen to my cry for mercy, and in your faithfulness come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Jesus says to his people, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. His death paid for the guilt of your sins and the sins of the whole world. Do you believe this? Because of the promise of our Savior, Jesus, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son, And of the Holy Spirit. He be assured that you are a dear child of God and an heir of eternal life. Praise be to God for his gift of forgiveness, new life, and salvation. We'll sing a couple verses from Come to Calvary's Holy Mountain, a song of thanksgiving.
1: Come to Calvary's holy mountain, sinners ruined by the fall. Here a pure and healing fountain flows for you, for me, for all. In a full perpetual tide, opened when our Savior died. They that drink shall live forever, Tis a soul-renewing flood. God is faithful, God will never break his covenant of blood. Signed when our Redeemer died, sealed when he was glorified. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you
0: for this day of grace now drawing to a close. Stay with us and bring us peace. Bring peace to our hearts that with your forgiving love and bring peace to our hearts with your forgiving love in Christ. May your word keep our faith burning brightly that we may walk in the light of your presence through the darkness of this world. Amen. In our Lenten services this year, we're looking at uh, the Passion History, uh, composite Passion History with the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John put together. This is the fourth lesson from the, the first lesson rather, from the Evangelical Heritage Version. The festival of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. Jesus said to his disciples, You know that after two days it will be the Passover and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas. They plotted together how to arrest Jesus in some deceitful way and kill him. But they said, not during the festival or else there may be a riot among the people. Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. He went away and spoke with the chief priests and officers of the temple guard about how he could betray Jesus to them. They were glad and agreed to give him money. He promised to do it and was looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus to them Away from the crowd. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrifices, sacrificed, his disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and and there a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house that the teacher says, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. They went and found things just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, Jesus reclined at the table with the twelve apostles. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you, before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. A dispute arose among the disciples about which of them was considered to be greatest. But he told them the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not to be that way with you. Instead, let the greatest among you become like the youngest, and the one who leads like the one who serves. For who is greater, one who reclines at the table or one who serves? Isn't it the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have remained with me in my trials. I am going to grant a kingdom to you just as my father granted to me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel before the Passover festival Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father having loved those who were in who were his own in the world he loved them to the end By the time the supper took place, the devil, who had already put the idea into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God. He got up from the supper and laid aside his outer garment. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, You do not understand what I am doing now, but later you will understand. Peter told him, You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Lord, not just my feet, Simon Peter replied, but also my hands and my head. Jesus told him, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet, but his body is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. Indeed, he knew who was going to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer garment, he reclined at the table again. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord. You are right because I am. Now if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Yes, I have given you an example so that you also would do just as I have done for you. Amen, amen, I tell you. A servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. He took a cup, gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it among you among yourselves. For I tell you, From now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. While they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, Amen, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread with me in the dish. Indeed, the Son of Man is going to go just as it has been written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better, would have been better for that man if he had not been born. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Amen, amen, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples were looking at each other, uncertain which of them he meant. One of the disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. Simon Peter motioned to him to find out which one Jesus was talking about. So, leaning back against Jesus' side, he asked, "'Lord, who is it?' Jesus replied, "'It is the one to whom I will give the piece of bread, after I have dipped it in the dish. Then he dipped the piece of bread and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do more quickly. None of those reclining at the table understood why Jesus said this to him. Because Judas kept the money box, some thought Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. After Judas left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Responsive reading following the Passion history. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. we'll sing hymn number 116 in the hour of trial
1: in the hour of trial jesus plead for me lest by base denial i unworthy be when you see me waver with a look recall nor for fear or favor Ever let me fall With forbidden pleasures Should this vain world charm Or its tempting treasures Spread to work me harm? Bring to my remembrance Sad Gethsemane Or in darker semblance Cross Count Calvary Should your mercy send me sorrow, toil, and woe? Or should pain attend me on my path below? Grant that I may never fail your cross to view. Grant that I may ever cast my care on you. When my life is ending, for pain. When my body changes back to dust again, on your truth relying through that mortal strife, Jesus, take me dying to eternal life.
0: Of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. The word of God we like to meditate on this evening is from Matthew chapter 26, verses 57 to 75. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the experts in the law and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance and went as far as the courtyard of the high priest. He went inside and sat down with the guards to see how it would turn out. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they could put him to death. They found none, even though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that these men are testifying against you? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I place you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, It is as you have said, but I tell you, soon you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? See, you have just heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He is deserving of death. Then they spit in his face and punched him. Some slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Christ, who hit you? Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him and said, you were also with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone saying, I don't know what you're talking about. When Peter went out to the entryway, someone else saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it with an oath and said, I do not know the man. After a little while, those who stood by came and said to Peter, surely you are one of them because even your accent gives you away. Then he began to curse and to swear, I do not know the man. Just then the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord who are to strengthen our salvation. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, in the picture of our reading, there's a man from Galilee who stands amongst this crowd of people who are out to get him, out to do whatever they could against him. They accuse him. They put him on trial. And what? he say and while that is happening there's also another man outside that's the Apostle Peter in the courtyard outside a very similar scene with people around him maybe it's not as tough a scene really at that point in time where everybody's out to get him because Peter's kind of silently there at first but What will Peter end up saying? In our reading for tonight, the Gospel writer Matthew, he puts those two scenes side by side and gives us quite a contrast as we see the testimony of, well, Jesus and of the Apostle Peter. As we continue to look at our series, God on Trial, we'll especially look in this section at at Jesus' testimony, but then we'll also look at Peter's testimony and, and then our own testimony regarding Jesus the Savior. But let's start with the man inside, in the courtroom area, the teachers from Galilee, they knew that this moment was coming up, and, and they were going after Jesus. The, Jesus himself, he knew that it was going to go on. He knew it. Well, his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane shows that he knew what was going on. He knew that the time was drawing flo- close for him to, well, to the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew he was going to be arrested. He knew well from the beginning of time god had already come up with this plan to save our souls to save us so that we could look forward to eternal life in heaven jesus knew that from the beginning of time he knew this was going to happen now here we are it's the wee hours of friday morning good friday morning Jesus is on trial, God is on trial, and, and trial really is a generous term here. This was a kangaroo court. There was a parade of liars that was brought in to talk about Jesus, and they couldn't get their story straight until there were these two who had a common story, but even they didn't get things actually right but they talked about this destruction of the temple and they didn't realize that what Jesus was talking about was his resurrection on the third day after he would be crucified. Well, Jesus, as he's in this kangaroo court being abused like that, he wasn't drawn into their foolishness. He didn't even dignify them with a response so much but he did not fail to confess who he is when the high priest point blank asked him if he was the christ if he was professing to be the son of god and the savior of the world well jesus stood firmly and said i am that was jesus testimony and now think about the man outside the apostle peter the fisherman from Galilee, had been warned by Jesus about what was going to happen. Jesus had predicted it earlier that evening, but Peter brushed it aside. No, 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 that's never going to happen to me. The pressure was on when this young servant girl came to him and just simply said, You were with Jesus too. And no, he says, and tries to sneak away. And then another servant says this, another servant girl says the same thing. Peter gets even more afraid, and there are other bystanders that join in. Surely you're one of his. Your accent gives it away. And then Peter put himself under oath and calls down curses upon himself. He says, I am not. That was Peter's sad and tragic testimony. What was Peter afraid of? Well, let's be fair. We could kind of compare Jesus and Peter and say, well, there's Jesus with all of those leaders and that had to be a very scary scene and here's Peter out in the courtyard with the young servant girls. But when Peter was in the courtyard there, it wasn't just the servant girls. There also were the guards who were sitting in the courtyard there too. There were all of these voices that were accusing Peter. And Peter, Peter had to wonder, Oh, if those guards find out about who I am, will I be in trouble? Will I be arrested by those guards as Jesus was arrested? And that was not nothing. That was something for Peter to be concerned about. Still, his denial outside the courtroom, that was false testimony, just as wicked as the lies that all of those false witnesses spoke against Jesus, the Savior. But now, what about you? What are you afraid of? I think you know how it feels to be surrounded by hostile voices, to be cornered by someone with a question about your connection with Jesus, you can start squirming under circumstances like that. There can be times when you maybe want to keep your mouth shut when you're talking with, with regard to your Savior in dealing with your friends because you don't want to lose your friends. Or, or maybe you feel that the people at work, if they knew too much about your faith, maybe maybe what could happen is that you could... Take abuse for that. Sometimes it can be tough when someone asks you what you believe and why you believe it. And maybe there are times when they ask them that and you just feel like changing the subject or sneaking away from them, kind of like what Peter did. Well, what are you concerned about? What are you afraid about? Being considered weird? Weird? losing your credibility, street credibility, getting laughed at by others. Well, fortunately, we don't really have to worry about being arrested for our faith, at least in this country at this point in time. But still, we could melt under maybe less pressure than Peter did. But let's be fair, that pressure is still real the fear of losing friendships, of of having your co-workers look down on you, those are real feelings of possible real loss. And with these questions, I'm not really asking you to look at things and just say, I need to toughen it up and it's not so bad. Being associated with Jesus It can result in real pain for us. But then on the other side of the coin, but not being associated with Jesus, wouldn't that be even worse? What's scarier, the thought of suffering with Jesus now or the thought of suffering apart from him because you denied him? In a moment of pressure, we might think, ah, we're better off to deny Jesus and not be counted as disciples of Jesus. Well, we won't certainly be better off when Jesus does come in the clouds to take believers home to heaven if we have denied him. I kind of wish I could have seen the look on Jesus' face Matthew in our reading doesn't talk about, but, but Luke in his gospel, he does refer to that when Peter had denied him. Well, it says, when the rooster crowed, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. What was on Jesus' face at that point? Is it disappointment, sadness, blood and spit from the soldiers? Or was there love? that peter knew he absolutely didn't deserve whatever it was that jesus that peter saw it prompted him to to run away and to weep i can just imagine that face of jesus because i've seen it on well years ago on parents face on teachers face when i buckled under pressure and did what I knew was wrong, something I had even been warned about doing, and you could put yourself into the same spot. You've had people look at you with disappointment. You've had people do that, and that's a sad thing to think about, that disappointment look. Like Peter, I have every reason to weep when I think of those times when I've let other people down. But let's not run away from that face of Jesus at that point in time. Jesus would have you stay and look at that face. Whatever's on that face, what it's doing is it's calling you back to him. Even when you fail to claim Jesus, even if you deny Jesus, He wants to claim you. He shows you his bruises and his blood, not to shame you, but to reveal how much he loves you. And what abuse he absorbs for you and for me. This is the Son of God who answers to no one, yet stands on trial and suffers to save you and me so we can be with him forever. So stay, look, and listen at that face of Jesus as you think of him looking at Peter that day. Listen to Jesus' testimony about himself. He says that he is the Messiah. He is God's anointed one. He is the one chosen to... Take your place you have been connected with him through your baptism which means that what he did before the high priest that day it counts for you and for me for all those times when you've kept silent or maybe you tried to sneak away what Jesus did is he stands there he stays there and and he confesses as though he were you that means he is your perfect self now keep listening to jesus just hours away from the depths of his humiliation what jesus does here is he quotes daniel's prophecy about the messiah's glory the demonstration of his glory that was well 500 years closer than when it was first prophesied by Daniel and and today it's even 2,000 years closer yet. Jesus' words they were true and what Jesus told the high priest as he said it is as you have said but I tell you soon you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. The one who was battered and bruised and bloodied here now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, the one who once stood on trial before before sinners. He will come on clouds as the judge, condemning those who have rejected him and rescuing those who by the grace of God believe in him, purely rescuing us because of his grace and love. Rescuing us so that we can be with him forever. That too is what I mean when I say, What are you afraid of? Should we be afraid to say, That King of Kings, Jesus, I'm with him? I'm, by the grace of God, on his side? How could we possibly be embarrassed to admit that we love the one who loved us so much that he suffered and died and went through all that he went through in order to be our savior? Think about what he's done for us. Why would we ever be embarrassed to say, yes, I'm with Jesus. Yes, I'm a believing child of God. Yes, I'm an heir of heaven. But the challenge to that is that sometimes we can be caught off guard kind of like Peter was we're just going about our business and maybe someone asks us a question someone we get called on the witness stand and have to stand up for Jesus but we shouldn't be surprised when things like that happen in this life just as Jesus warned Peter he warns us also we're going to face tough questions in this life We'll be put on trial in the court of public opinion. We'll be singled out because of our connection to Jesus. And and that's a good thing, actually. Consider it as a gift to be associated with Jesus, the Savior. And consider it also to be an opportunity. Peter, he did learn his lesson The Lord did call him back to repentance and after Jesus rose from the dead, he reinstated Peter and called him to be one who would feed his sheep, be an apostle, reach out to people with the gospel. Years later, Peter wrote a letter to some of those sheep and those sheep, they were Christians who stood out from the rest of society around them. They were citizens who honored their government. They were slaves who obeyed their masters. They were wives who submitted to their husbands. There were husbands who worked at loving their wives as Christ loved the church. Believers who were willing to suffer for doing good. People would ask them, what makes you different? And Peter encouraged them not to be silent, not to run away, not to deny Christ, but to be ready to give the reason for the hope that they had in Jesus the Savior. Friends, I hope that your Christian accent gives you away like Peter's accent gave him away. I hope that people notice that we disciples of Jesus, we speak and we act differently. We act copying like Jesus. May we be so blessed so that when people around us can see that we're different like Jesus. Sometimes that's going to mean hardship in this life. But I can think of no greater honor for us as believing children of God because we have this wonderful opportunity to see that loving face of our Savior and know what he in his grace and mercy has done for us. To be able to testify to the world, Jesus is my Savior, the greatest thing of all. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrow. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to direct and rule us according to your will, to comfort us in all afflictions, to defend us from all error, and to lead us into all truth. We pray through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining me for our second Wednesday Lenten service. Hope to be able to catch you again for future Lenten services. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.